We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Welcome to Kilkenny Today. My name is Frank Tynan. Hello indeed, I hope I find you well and, and uh, many thanks for joining me on the programme here today on Community Radio Kilkenny City and um, if you'd like to get in touch with the programme maybe at any stage you can text us on 086-353-7782 uh, Packed programme today so we're going to be talking in a few moments live here in the studio to well-known local publican uh, Pat Crotty about uh, proposed changes maybe that might make it possible for more of our pubs to open in the not too distant future and um, I'm also going to be talking later on the programme to uh, Roisin Gilroy from St. Canice's Credit Union. Um, as, the, uh, as the results from Leaving Cert have now come out, uh, many, many students will be kind of gearing up possibly to going on to the next level for further education, which is not uh, cheap. So uh, there's some fantastic schemes I know that the St. Cancer's Credit Union have put together for students. So we'll talk about that later on. And also, later in the programme, I'm going to be talking to um, a new auctioneer here in Kilkenny, Anne O'Neill, who's opened up recently down at the Market Yard. And we'll be talking to Anne about her new business and uh, all kinds of stuff which is relevant to here in Kilkenny. But as I said, we're going to start this afternoon by welcoming Pat Crotty to the programme. Pat, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Frank. Good to talk to you and thanks for coming in. I appreciate it. Um, I suppose I'm going to start, Pat, if it's okay, just put today's headline in the Irish Times, wet pub rules in line with current guidelines. Um, so I suppose the proposed new changes uh, that'll be coming up, I mean, again, you know, will will the wet pubs be opening by mid-September? Um, the guidelines seem to be similar to your own guidelines, which you've been using for restaurant and the bar over the last few, few months. Yeah. Is that your interpretation? Yeah, well, th- there are a few things that are odd about this whole uh, um, sort of drip drip in the media over the weekend. Uh, w- the first is that they've been released in advance to the the trade organisations. No other guidelines for any other industry opening have been released. They've just been told, and you like it or lump it, including ourselves on the 29th of June when we reopened. So that's that's odd for starters. And secondly, then. Um, they just seem to be odd in terms of some of the things. They're not. They don't seem to be taking into account things that small pubs that don't sell food will need to deal with. For example, in our case, we have a lot of space and we have a lot of tables. And when you're selling food, that's where that's where you need to look after people and where you want to look after people. In a bar scene, the bar counter is one of the most important yeah. things, yeah. and. Uh, they're saying that we've had to do without it. We can't use it or seat people at it. We did originally because we have it completely screened from the, the bar, not unlike your studio here, that I'm screened away from you and at a distance from you. We were doing that at the bar so that somebody could sit on the customer side of the bar counter, not be served by the barman, be served as if they were at a table by a waiter and uh, have their meal there. If we, were, if we were busy enough that we needed and people were happy to sit at the counter, it, it worked. And we were told we can't do it anymore. So we're not doing it anymore. But I don't know why. 
There's no logic to it. Yeah. So, but we manage without it. But in a bar, if you consider a small bar, they don't have too many tables and chairs. No, they have a counter. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's where um, you meet people, and that's where you have the whole thing that makes an Irish bar unique. And that's the one piece they're, they, at the minute they're taking away from them. So all the other things seem to be very similar. Mm. Um, the 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 fact that. Um, if you're one meter distanced, which is the way most people will operate, yeah. because that's a practical distancing, uh, people there's a limit of 105 minutes yeah. on your stay in a place, which in itself is odd. Yeah, that's interesting, and I suppose again, I don't know if many people are aware. I mean, if if you have a two meter distance, yes, you can stay for longer. There's, you can stay for today. Yeah, there, as nine, well, in the current scenario, as long as you have nine euros worth of food, yeah. you can stay for the day. And there are premises that have enough space that they can space them out so that they can all be two. Even the people at the same table are mm. two meters apart. Mm. And uh, if you can achieve that, you, they, people can stay there all day. There is no time limit. Mm. But in uh, the, 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 the odd, most people will not be able to achieve that. And certainly the, the, the wet pubs that they're calling them, the ones that are not open yet most of them will not be able to achieve that because they're smaller. But the only thing that strikes me in that then is that instead of having people comfortable and happy in one place, they're actually going to cause a pub crawl. Yeah, yeah. Um, particularly on the weekends. In um, your estimation, Pat, as you know, since obviously you've been operating for the last couple of months, I mean, have you seen or can you feel from your colleagues that that has been happening maybe a bit or...? People going from restaurant to restaurant. Um, or? Certainly, yes, there, there has been an element of that. Mm. Not a huge amount, but the, the, there is. I mean, the, the, we've had situations where we'd be telling a group that, look, there's no rush, and you have another, you have another twenty minutes or twenty-five minutes, and they'll say, oh, you're okay, we're booked into the next place, and off they go. Um, and we can't legislate for that, and we no. can't, and they haven't done anything wrong. Mm. And certainly, once they're able to to uh, um, behave themselves, um, mm. they're no, they're no issue or problem to us um. but as you mentioned even like I suppose you know that not being able to use the bar I mean I'm old enough to remember the Reardons and uh, Glen Row and Fair City mm. like and it's it's really kind of I suppose part of our culture I mean as it's music as well um, yeah. is as part of the bar and uh, so it's a very very strange time isn't it it is a very very strange time I in fact have been inquiring of Fault Ireland uh, unsuccessfully for the moment as to the, the possibility of having live music again yeah. I mean, you take the situation where I have groups of people who are properly socially distanced, who are doing everything else right, and our staff are doing everything else right. And while they're having their meal, they're listening to music. Mm. It happens to be coming out the loudspeakers yeah. from a CD. Yeah. Now, what would be the particular issue of them listening to music coming out through the same loudspeakers from a couple of live musicians in the corner? Mm -hmm. um, I can't see what the particular issue is if everything else stays the same they're there for a finite time because they're, and yeah. they're having their meal and they can have a drink with it when their time is up they go on their way yeah. but they have a little bit more enjoyment in the process but very hard to get an answer I think it's, it's getting the balance I mean obviously we we, we you know are so much behind um, our frontline staff and everybody who's working mm. to try and keep this COVID-19 at bay and we did we've been doing very very well but um, I suppose what struck me as well I mean during the summer that the, the wet pubs so called were not open and the figures were very very low in relation to the COVID-19 um, positivity tests results um, and now they seem to be quite high um, and there's talk certainly at the weekend that maybe a mid-September opening for the remainder of the pubs. Yeah, um, well, put it this way, um, the, the the pubs have all been marched up the hill three times, I think, yeah. at this stage, so I don't think any of them will be getting overexcited until they're given something no. definite. Yeah. Because... Uh, 
there has been a lot of dithering, a lot of toing and froing, and and there certainly isn't one mind either in the medical fraternity or in government as to what should happen next. So unfortunately, uh, we have to wait and do what we're told. But the the one thing I would say is that, um, and I said it to anyone who would listen that way back in the middle of March a lot of the pubs had actually made the decision to close before government yes. ever and yes. in fact it was it was the representatives of the publicans going into the minister on the Sunday the 15th that um, uh, was the, the the last call that they, where they agreed to close down and the government would make it official for everyone to do it but the publicans were the ones who brought it to the attention to say Sunders, they are responsible citizens they're, most of them are small businesses mm-hmm. they're all family businesses and uh, they're the part, the same part of the community as anyone else is, and and they will do their best when they're open to to uh, get things right. The one, the one variable, uh, well, there's two. One is there is an odd rogue publican, but the second one is the customer. Yeah, the customer has to has to be fair too, and uh, I mean, let's say I have a lot of staff. They're doing their best. They're working under pressure. They're under pressure themselves to keep everything right, sanitized, and and exactly as it should be. And you do have customers who can be unreasonable at times, where expecting too much, or um, sometimes even thinking they know the rules better than we do. Mm-hmm. Where we live by them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was going to say, obviously, you know, um, your own uh, bar restaurant at Paris, Texas. Um, how's it been going for you over the summer? I mean, has it been, you know, have you been well, reasonably happy? Um, yes, I am. see it going on I, now, maybe into the autumn. Yeah, given the given the the, the circumstances in which we reopened, uh, I'm I can only be delighted that we've had a great run. Kilkenny is a, still a great place. A lot of Irish people came on their holidays, and a lot of Kilkenny people came out and were delighted to get out too. Mm. So, so we've had a good run. We're lucky we have a lot of space so we were able to fit people and still distance them and do whatever that that was needed but um, I'll guarantee you that last week was the the, the, the real fall off yeah. the kids went back to school there's less people on holidays yeah. um, and there's no foreigners obviously no, there's no buses so, on the parade so basically no. yeah the, it, last week uh, Monday to Thursday became mm. midwinter and the weekends are still the weekends and Kilkenny will always do fairly well and Touchwood will continue to do well on the weekends but the, the, you have four days there where yeah. you're not paying any bills yeah, yeah, and I suppose again, obviously, in relation to yourself, I mean, you are giving local employment, which is so important, and people are happy. I suppose mentally as well to get back to work and to be out there mm. mixing and even, even able to go for a meal and maybe quite drink. It's been a very kind of uh, therapeutic, hasn't it? It, it has. Butter, <laughs> and the funny thing is, you know, even for myself, you see, we we in the trade, you take it for granted. You go to work, and you can have you can have your meal, and you can you can have a pint with it, whatever. But even to just think of going to support a neighbour, you actually have to think about making a booking that you can't just go down the street to support a neighbour yeah, um, yeah. yeah you have to you have to make the booking We're you all have learning to school, do everything as firmly as you expect everyone to mm-hmm. do it yourself mm-hmm. so I suppose again obviously you've been very involved here in Kenny for many many years um, you know on the politics side and everything else and on the business side obviously I mean, how do you feel that we've handled it um, over the last I suppose summer months in relation to the government and so on is there more we can obviously there's more we can do for yourselves <laughs> trying to get clarity maybe even at least if yeah. people knew what was going to happen but um, how do things gone? Well the, 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 there's two levels you have the local level obviously where 
um, the local authorities in Kilkenny, all the different services in Kilkenny have all done everything they could do. Um, I think the cards have been very fair. The, lo- the, the county council have done a fantastic job. They've done, a, they've done as good as they would have done if we were hoping to win the tidy towns and all the, all the other things to do it. In, and upgrading the streetscapes, even the one-way system. I mean, the, all those things, th- there's been a lot of effort put into lots of things um, there'll be different views on them but we didn't sit in our hands we got out there and tried things to try and make things happen at a national level there's um, I'd be um, I think there's been a huge change in the the quality of and indeed the quantity of communication that we're getting from government yeah. um, uh, like obviously people will tear me with the, with the blue brush that uh, when Leo and Simon Harris were there uh, we heard from them regularly, we heard from them clearly, and we understood what they were asking us to do. Um, over the last couple of months, we have rarely heard from them. We've had muddled messages, we've had misinformation or misunderstandings. We've had all sorts of things that we don't need at the minute. We, yeah. need, we need some degree of security. So many people are afraid or uh, not understanding things that be clear, be simple, be, be and be upfront. And um, we could do with that. Absolutely, communication is the key. I think, and and, uh, right. and I suppose again, you know, I don't want to mention the word Brexit, but again, listening to uh, what's going on in Britain at the weekend, mm-hmm. you know, we have a we have a, a difficult few months ahead, possibly. We do. Um, th- th- there are various um, angles on it. Um, one is that the, the the David McWilliams angle is that I suppose fifty years ago, ninety one percent of our export business was with the UK. Now it's eleven. Mm-hmm. So we only need to find homes for a small bit of business to not be dependent on them at all but we have a, still have a huge link with them um, and that won't change It'll, tariffs will change but we are much more Europe facing now and much more world facing now um, I think I think that the, the English have more to worry about than we have I think they're they're digging a huge hole for themselves and, and they're going to find it very difficult and I think they're going to be um, I, I can see a big recession over there that they don't see. I'm, I'm still an avid reader of car magazines, even though I'm too old to be worried about too many of them. But uh, I mean, the the industry over there is is um, has made very straight statements about what they see as the issues. The government seems to be ignoring it entirely. Yeah. And the automotive industry is massive in the UK. Huge, massive. Huge. Not just the visible stuff that we see, just producing cars. The whole research and development of everything to do with components for cars and uh, racing cars and every sort of thing. It's massive. And and they're ignoring them entirely. And they're, they're literally going to leave them very isolated. Because the biggest, the biggest place for cars, for UK cars, is, is in Europe. Pat Crotty. Many thanks for coming in. Thanks for sharing your views on what's, a, I suppose, an ongoing uh, situation and uh, continuous success to you and your staff down in Paris, Texas and uh, look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you very much. Thanks, Cheers Pat. Soon. That was Pat Crotty from Paris, Texas and uh, I'm going to take my first break now and we'll be back in about three minutes. Don't go away. Shopping online? Shop Kilkenny online. Help our local economy bounce back. We are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM. Community Radio, Kilkenny City, the voice of the Marble City. Welcome back to Kilkenny Today, and uh, my name is Frank Tynan, and, and uh, many thanks to Pat Crotty there for joining me uh, for the opening segment of our programme. Now we're going to hand over to Anne-Marie Hogan, who has got some parish news from St John's and the Anglican Church.
Hello and welcome back to Parish News on Community Radio Kilkenny City after a very long break. My name is Anne-Marie Hogan and today we'll start back with the usual parish news on the usual day at the usual time. So today we'll start as always with news from St. John's Parish in the city and also from the Anglican Church. And we'll start today with St. John's. Those who now wish to donate to parish funds may do so remotely online by clicking the red button on the St. John's Parish website where all the relevant details are fully explained. Remember to include your name and address details with any such donation so that your contribution may be registered to your name. If you have any questions about how to proceed, contact the parish office on 056 772 and talk to Anya. Mass goers are asked to take note of social distancing rules at all times, which you have been doing, but also to keep using the sanitising gel. And while the use of face masks is mandatory, it's not possible for some people to use them. If you have any questions or difficulties you wish to have clarified, talk to one of the priests or to the stewards. And a short story now from St. Therese of Calcutta's days as head of the Sisters of Charity in that city. Mother Teresa related a story showing how generous the poor are and how ready they are to share what little they have with others because they themselves have experienced hunger and poverty. Learning of a poor Hindu family in Calcutta who had been starving for many days, Mother Teresa visited them and gave them a parcel of rice as she gave it to the mother of the family. She was surprised to see that immediately the woman divided the rice into two equal portions and gave one to her Muslim neighbour. When Mother Teresa asked her why she had done such a sacrificial deed, the woman replied, My family can manage with half of what you have brought. My neighbour's family, however, is in greater need because they have several children who are starving. This reflects the Gospel's account of the miracle of the five loaves and two fish when Jesus used a tiny amount of food to feed a big number of people, highlighting the virtue of generosity and sharing. Finally, from St. John's, as we all know, there have been a number of clerical changes announced in the diocese in recent times, and the one affecting us here in St. John's is the sad news that Father Frank is shortly to leave us and depart for Innistig, where he will be parish priest. In turn, his shoes in St. John's will be filled by those of the parish priest of Danes Fort, Reverend Father Dan Carroll, who will replace Father Frank as administrator of St. John's. We will speak about this again uh, in a couple of weeks. Both men will take up their uh, new postings at the end of September. And moving to the Anglican Church, we welcome them back with a few short notices and an appropriate week to resume Anglican news with the exciting news and welcome to the new Bishop's Vicar, the Reverend Dr. Richard Marsh and his wife, Ro, indeed, who come directly to Osri from part-time ministry, which Dr. Marsh was doing in the Diocese of Tume, Kalala and O'Connery. But previous to that, Dr. Marsh has worked as a university University chaplain. He has also worked at Lambeth Palace and also has many charity interests and a major interest in Orthodox and Coptic churches. But Dr. Marsh, bringing such wonderful accomplishments to our area, also brings his wonderful person he is a gentle humble and quietly devout priest we all look forward to his time with us and we extend them both a warm welcome to Kilkenny and hope they enjoy their time with us Bishop Burroughs highlights in his Bishop's letter in the new diocesan uh, Anglican magazine the good wishes to all those resuming their various activities which are severely curtailed um, in view of the restrictions at present. He ponders on the uncertainty of planning any real kind of normal diocesan activity, social or religious, indeed highlighting the news that the diocesan synod scheduled for 
October may not be able to go ahead. But on a more cheerful, while poignant note, he reflects on the closure of the great school, Parish National School of Rathdowney, with the retirement of Principal Miss Barbara Stanley, noting that no real celebrations to honour the importance of the closing of the school are highlighting the closure because of the various restrictions. And he highlighted the sad news of the dispersal of the various children to other schools. On page 11 is highlighted how many parishes are working toward having online donations with the inability to fundraise, etc. and the restrictions of virtually all activities related to that. Read the article on page 11 and find out how we can keep our contributions up whilst complying with the necessary restrictions. Finally, from Anglican News, a most necessary but relevant contact detail for anybody who has experienced the death of a loved one during COVID-19 with details of the Irish Hospice Foundation services available. The information is all available on page 24. Thanks for being with us. Join us again tomorrow on Community Radio Kilkenny City for Parish News during the Kilkenny Today programme from Danesfort and St. Patrick's. Many thanks to Henry Hogan there and uh, more Parish News tomorrow on the programme. But I'm delighted now to welcome to Kenny's today um, Roisin Gilroy from St. Canis's Credit Union. Roisin, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? Uh, so nice to talk to you. Thanks for your time. Not at all. You might hear a dog barking in the background um, at some stage. Unfortunately, she's deaf at this stage, so even giving her um, a, a rough... Uh, stare or something like that doesn't work so apologies in advance oh listen happens. no fully understand we just recently got a, a new prop ourselves in the house and um, it's, it's fantastic and uh, yeah yeah listen it's all good but um, yeah I suppose really I was going to talk to you obviously about the, the great work that the credit union do but obviously with the leaving cert results now out and uh, hopefully um, everybody is, is, is reasonably happy and um, but many will be con- considering I suppose new options from an educational point of view Roisin and uh, obviously there's a lot of financial um, I suppose cost involved in going to an, another level in education here now Ireland, and, um, but you've got some really good, um, I suppose, support structures in place at the Credit Union here in Kilkenny, yeah, haven't I, you? I suppose the first thing that uh, we have is the debit card for students, which is free. So any student um, who's aged between 16 and 25 will get a fee-free current account and debit card. So regardless of whether it's leaving cert or whatever, all students who are members in the Credit Union are entitled to that, and they can apply through their online account so if you don't already have an online account you just go to our website thinkanasacu.ie and they can register there for their online account and through that mechanism you can do an awful lot more um, as a student than perhaps people would imagine or have done in the past and the first thing is they can get a free debit card so that's that's a big plus for everyone that came in this year that's a new um, facility for members okay, that's to have a good, yeah. account yeah and Secondly, I suppose um, for third level students, whether you're going into college for the first time or whether you're going into second year, third year, fourth year, whatever, we have um, five scholarships that we yeah, give away. That. Yeah, that's really good so and a uh, great opportunity for somebody maybe to get um, some money. Yeah, it's 3,000 euro. So um, people have to be over the age of 16 years of age and have completed their leaving cert and must be attending or starting to attend a full-time course that is at least two years duration okay. with an education body such as the Department of Education and Skills. And this is a lot of so that you don't have to send in an essay or do a presentation. It's purely, you have to, you do have to apply for it, you do have to 
fill out a scholarship application form and you must have a current account which is free with the credit union in order to enter the drawer and then we'll be picking five winners and they get half of their money um, 1500 euro before Christmas and then half after Christmas once it's proven that you're still in the course so if someone has dropped out of a course they don't get the second half of that 3000 euro okay that's fair enough I suppose really isn't it you know yeah ah, yeah I mean it's 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 not an arduous uh, requirement it's just a fair one so that we know that the money of the credit union the members money is going to a reputable um course and to somebody who's still att- uh, attending that course I suppose looking at the potential costs of a student uh, maybe living away now again obviously this year with COVID-19 we don't know what the accommodation situation is going to be whether people will still have to pay for accommodation if they have it but um, some of the figures that came across online could be as high as maybe 8,500 euros um, to include accommodation for a year so it's a lot of money that people maybe perhaps in these difficult times uh, may find difficulty in getting The average is is 9 grand is what it was calculated at now that may have changed because of the accommodation route. What we're seeing is that students aren't, and or their parents more likely, aren't um, availing of accommodation yet because they don't know what the courses are, how they're going to be delivered, whether or not a student is going to have to be on campus all the time or whether they have to go up once or twice a month and that kind of thing. So what we are seeing is an increase in students and parents purchasing cars for yep. their, their student um, child or guardian so that they can then commute to the college for the one or two days and not have the huge outlay of of the accommodation itself. So yeah. we're seeing a switch in behaviour this year. Um, and one of the things we did was after COVID and the lockdown lifted a little bit, our lending had really crashed for April. There was nobody had anything to purchase or there were no projects that they could do at home, etc. So we brought out a kickstart loan in May when things started to lift and we dropped our rate for all loans over €2,000 mm-hmm. to 4.9%. So that's up to 75 grand, and that was till the end of August. And then the Department of Education announced that the leaving search results wouldn't be um, in August as per usual, that it would be September, which was today, September 7th. So in order to support parents and students, we extended that loan offer until the end of September. So that when the CAO results come out on Friday and people know what courses they're going to get to and where they're going to travel to or where they might need accommodation, there's still time to avail of that low loan rate, which is a, the best rate that we've had ever. Um, and we've seen you know, great lending and a real boost to the local economy in July and August. July was one of our best months. We did over six million in lending and in, in sim- almost similar in, in August. So while the student loans haven't been taken up yet, there's been a great impetus uh, for people who are doing up their houses. And well, that's a great boost for the local economy too, isn't it, Rosine? Yeah, I mean, because massive. you know that's a, that's a very positive um, move in sometimes difficult days when maybe there's a lot of negative news out there. So yeah, let's let's think about that. That's good. Yeah, no, it's great. And I mean, the credit union is there to support people. And what we're asking people now is, if we need your support now. How can you support your credit union if you are thinking of borrowing? Give us a chance, let us quote you for your, your rate. And what we've seen is a, a massive um, influx of switcher loans. So people who had loans with their bank at a higher rate are switching them to the credit union You know, for a longer term. So they might have um, a loan for another three or four years to pay back with, the credit, with their bank and they've now switched it 
to the credit union, which is great. We've got a whole new lot of business and then new borrowing members through that initiative as well. And of course, you know, like the huge tradition here in Kilkenny of the St. Canice's Credit Union, going back to 1964, and, uh, you know, many, many family members would have been able to avail of your services too, so it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's all good, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we are encouraging people to still maintain social distance. You have to wear a mask when you come into the branch. I was going to ask you about that, maybe as regards guidelines, maybe if somebody wants to pop in or maybe talk to you about setting up an account. What's the actual procedure, I would say, for, for a young person? Um, so anyone who's over the age of 16, we're about to go live in the next few days with digital onboarding. So you'll be able to do that from home, from your phone. So you'd apply online and you would upload your documents, um, your photo ID, your proof of address and your PPSN number. And that would come through to us digitally. So there's, there will no longer be a requirement to come into branch okay. to set up an account. Um, for junior members for under 16 years of age, you'd still have to be required to have face-to-face, but a lot of it can be done in advance. But for anyone who's over 16, if they want to open an account, in the next couple of days, we're going to go live with digital onboarding. Well, that's really good, isn't it? I mean, again, just yeah. very appropriate for the time, times that we're in. And, um, yeah. But again, I suppose, um, with maybe Christmas now looming or whatever, you know, again, it's uh, you've got lots of other offers apart from students in relation to um, members of your union, credit union. Yeah, yeah, well, actually, I think it's 109 days to Christmas oh, today. Oh, there we go. Okay. Let's or start the countdown. I know at the weekend, I, I calculated it at 110, so um, we've dropped a day or so since then. Yeah. Um, we do have, I mean, you can save and set up EFTs and standing orders online with your online account. Um, or you can, you know, put it into the Quick Lodge in High Street's branch. But we do have a separate account, which is, we call it the Christmas Cracker account, which is for people to save on a regular basis and that, so that they wouldn't touch it out of the normal savings and that the, the monies don't get released until the end of November. So when people are starting to shop, um, for for various different presents etc or for food items for the home for for the Christmas and um, you can set up a, a sub account of your main account called the Christmas Cracker account which is purely for saving up for Christmas great idea and um, I was looking at your website today obviously there's loads of information up there Rush in relation to all that we've spoken about so far on the program mm. and um, yeah. any any other um, ideas that you have maybe coming up over the next few weeks or months or um, well, I suppose the National Savings Week is going to be for the junior savers on the October the 5th, the week of October 5th, that's coming up. We still don't know what's going to happen with AGM. Um, with COVID-19, it's probably going to be virtually impossible to host a, a real live event. It probably be, will be virtual or a hybrid version of that. So that's um, something that we're, is new to us that we'll have to, to work out in the next few weeks how we're going to do that um, yes yeah differently this year absolutely but listen Roisin Gilroy from St. Canis Credit Union really appreciate you joining me on the programme today and some really okay. really good information there for all our uh, third level students who hope to get to third level over the next few weeks and uh, take care of yourself and uh, well done to all you uh, your staff as well down there thank you so much thanks thanks, thanks Roisin bye 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 bye, bye. Uh, Roisin Gilroy there from St. Canis Credit Union now I'm going to take my last ad break uh, don't go away back in about three minutes Kilkenny's only community radio station. Local like you. We are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM. Community Radio Kilkenny City. Your local voice on the World Wide Web. 
Des Murphy here to remind you of my Good Morning Kilkenny programme, Tuesdays and Thursdays from 10am for two hours here on Community Radio, Kilkenny City 88.7 FM. So join me for seven decades of music, Ashley's favourite three, and on this day in music history, that's Tuesdays and Thursdays, Good Morning Kilkenny from 10am to 12 noon with me, Des Murphy. Hi, this is Paul Sheridan, inviting you to join me on Tuesdays between 12 and 2 for Good Afternoon Kilkenny, where I'll take a look at some of the news on this day. So join me Tuesdays between 12 and 2 on Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM, and online at communityradiokilkennycity.ie. Welcome back to Kilkenny Today. My name is Frank Tynan. Hope you're enjoying the programme so far. Now, earlier today, I had a pleasure of talking to a lady from Kilkenny here who set up a new business, which is always good news. And her name is Anne O'Neill. She's an auctioneer and estate agent and based here in Kilkenny City. And um, as I said, I had a little talk with Anne and have a listen. I'm delighted now to welcome to Kilkenny Today Anne O'Neill, who has recently commenced a new business here in Kilkenny as an auctioneer estate agent in her office at 5B Market Yard, St. Kieran Street, Kilkenny. Anne, welcome to the programme and how are you? I'm very good, thank you very much for having me on the programme. I'm delighted. I was just actually down in the market yard about 10 days ago and I was parking the car to go up to town and um, I came across your office there so I said, oh that's interesting, a, a new business and um, so very exciting times for you I, I hope really as well. It is, being honest with you. Um, it's um, challenging times, but very exciting. Um, it's always good. It's always good to start a business, even in these times. I mean, it has been, you know, a difficult year for everybody. And um, we just, we're hoping it's the right time. And um, just starting off, um, starting off my own business. I had worked with um, O'Keefe Auctioneers for about 25 years. So um, Mr. O'Keefe um, was due to retire. So it was a good time for me to start off. Um, and while I'm on, I'd actually like just to take this opportunity to thank Andy and Rosalind and his family for the last number of years and all the experience I've gained over in O'Keefe Auctioneers, um, you know, helping me to start off this business, you know. Absolutely. And um, I suppose, again, maybe for our listeners, um, we had a chat, obviously, off air, and I know you're from Tullerone. That's right. Uh, I am indeed. So, listen, the heart of Kilkenny. The home of Harling, isn't that what they say? Uh, well, sure, depends where you're from, doesn't it? <laughs> it certainly does, it certainly does. But, um, so how did you, maybe again, just how did you get into the whole um, estate agency business and auctioneering and so on? Well, I suppose I started off uh, working for Andy O'Keefe yeah. um, about 25 years ago um, on reception, and then Andy encouraged me to um, to actually um, go go ahead and do all my qualifications, and uh, I... I became a member then of IPAV and also uh, took over Valuer. Um, so that's, that's really where we, we started and I just um, went out on the road then and um, I've been doing auctioneering ever since. Well, 25 years is a, is a great length of time to gain experience. So, you know, obviously you've seen many, many changes and we have, um, we have I, I suppose some for the better, maybe some for the worse. But what's your view of the current marketplace in relation to renting and, and purchasing and first-time buyers and all that kind of stuff? Well, I suppose at the moment, I mean, it is a challenging time, but I mean, there are plenty of people out there. The, the rental market is very strong. Um, it's, it can be difficult for renters to get at the moment, but we do an awful lot of the property management, so I'd welcome anyone to contact us and uh, let us know what the requirements are. And we, we will deal, we deal with the smallest properties to the largest properties, um, even short-term lets, long-term lets. And again, sales then as well, I mean, 
everybody is looking for a home everybody needs somewhere to go so really at the moment you know the market there, there is there is demand you know there is demand for property out there people are a little bit anxious obviously in this market but um there's certainly demand out there yeah i suppose again you know um COVID-19 has, has, I suppose, provided so many un- unforeseen situations and circumstances. And um, I suppose from a working point of view, the idea that people now can work from home. And I've been reading a lot of, over the last few weeks about maybe people, people actually maybe moving down the countryside towards maybe the southeast. Uh, you know, that um, obviously the living lifestyle down here is very, very good. And um, do you find there's been an increase in interest maybe in people trying to move out of maybe Dublin, for example? There has been honest, and, and there's been a shift in the requirements mm. uh, because I suppose a lot of people now are working from home or will be working from home even continuously. Um, you know, a lot of people will require a garden, the extra bedroom then for the office. So, and there's a lot of people that are happy to move out of the, the larger areas, um, you know, and come down the country so they don't have to, you know, do the long commute and they can actually work from home. So it, it has changed on what people need. And again, I suppose, uh, your own profession, and during the COVID-19, particularly like the lockdown and so on, you have been able to uh, provide a service, particularly for our frontline staff. Yes, um, I I deal with an awful lot of the property management, and Mm. we would deal very closely with uh, different hospitals. Um, You know, so a lot of the doctors and nurses, you know, they were continuously coming in. So even on lockdown, you know, we we actually um, were housing all the doctors and nurses. Um, so, you know, it's a very important, the frontline staff, very important in this in this um, situation, you know. So, you know, we still were able to work through, obviously, you know, following guidelines, and um, we were still able to help help those people get homes. Well, well done, well done. And um, I might just get your opinion. I was just reading in the Sunday papers, um, there was an article um, in relation to a proposal for, uh, that the government maybe would perhaps lend extra money to first-time buyers up to about eighty-five thousand euros um, uh, per per application to help with first-time buyers, maybe to get that first house purchase. Um, obviously, I suppose it's a difficult uh, situation for first-time buyers, isn't it? It is, being honest with you, because a lot of people, you know, the rent the rents are quite um, high, and people are trying to get a deposit together. So it can be. So any any help from the government, any of the initiatives are very very welcome, and they will, you know, they will help people get on the property ladder. And a lot of people want want to get there. You know, they want to own their own home. Yeah, and what would be your advice, and I would say maybe to a couple who are trying to maybe buy their first house in relation to obviously contacting an auctioneer and, uh, you know, the whole process that they need to go through uh, to build up to that hopefully successful situation where they can actually buy a house? Well, you know, really for a first-time buyer, what they want to be is, um, you know, be, be a purchaser ready to go. So really they need to go in and talk to their banks get their financial affairs in order, register then with myself um, and let us know what type of property that they're actually ready to, to buy and start viewing properties so they'll know what they actually want, you know, and, and, and just get ready. Uh, but the main thing is to be, to, to be mortgage approved and there's plenty of the local banks that they can actually, um, they can actually contact and get ready, ready to be on the, the property ladder. And again, I suppose, you know, in your opinion, what's the availability of, of new houses here in Kilkenny, for example? Um, have you, are we doing okay? Are, are we getting cl- close to a... We need, we need more, being honest with you. Yeah, we need more, yeah. you, We do. They're working, they're working extremely hard on it, but um, we need more. But that's like every, every county is the same, but um, we, we do need more, definitely. 
So I suppose, you know, having set up now on your own um, after 25 years as part, I suppose, of a, of a company to an extent, I mean, is it, is it a bit lonely? Is it a bit difficult? Is it a bit... Uh, different challenges, I suppose. Uh, not really, not really to be honest yeah. with you, because, uh, I mean, Andy O'Keefe, who has, uh, I've worked with for so long, um, he is hoping to, um, you know, work uh, on a consultancy basis here and just help me, and, uh, you know, which is great. So not, not really, being honest with you. I'm busy all the time, and, uh, you know, uh, when Sandy mentioned he was going to retire, it was uh, I was happy to take over the business, and uh, it really um, it went for there. So no, we're busy all the time. And I suppose, like you know, uh, location, location, and you are in a very, very good yeah, location there, aren't it's you? It's fantastic um, down here, actually, and all the neighbours and everything are, are are very good. Being honest with you, um, there's 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 so many so much football down in this location. It's great, it's great. Yeah. It really is. So basically, if somebody wants to contact you, Anne, would you like to explain maybe just the phone the office or...? Yes, if they'd like to ring um, our office number, it's 056-77-6393 or call into the Market Yard. We're located right beside Kittler's um, or send an email to info at anoneilauctioneers.ie. Well, listen, it's lovely to talk to you. Can I wish you all the success uh, for starting up a new business here in Kilkenny? Um, it's great for the city and it's great for, for Kilkenny and um, I hope you have a really successful time. Thank you very much. Look forward to talking to you again, Anne. Take care. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye now. Morris O'Connor here, looking forward to your company on Kilkenny Today, every Tuesday and Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. here on Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Join me for in-depth conversation, news and chat from here in Kilkenny and across all the country too. That's Kilkenny Today, Tuesdays and Fridays, 5 to 6 p.m. Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. A throw from Beatty. Maguire! Oh, he's done it! Join me, Jim Cashin, every Tuesday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. with an in-depth look at local, national, international and cross-channel soccer with our programme Offside. We will have lively debate and analysis with Burr Scott and many special guests from the world of soccer. So that's Offside every Tuesday night, sponsored by Morrissey Motors for Peugeot on the Washford Road. And Sean Maguire is the hero of the day and the hero of the run. Hi, I'm Frank Tynan, inviting you to join me on Saturday at 5, every Saturday at 5. We'll meet interesting people, look inside the weekend papers go back in history and of course great music from Ireland's best entertainers so let's make it a date Saturday at 5 only on your community radio Kilkenny City on 88.7 FM Oh yeah, welcome back to Kilkenny Today and nearly time for me to say goodbye and um, as the ad said there, maybe you could join me on Saturdays for Saturday at 5 if you're available and if you like uh, kind of a different programme, um, lots of music and uh, entertainment and so on and so forth. But um, just a couple of announcements here before I go. Um, St. Lacton's GA Club have a drive-in bingo next Sunday the 13th of September in the St. Lacton's GA grounds and that sounds like a good way to spend a Sunday afternoon um, in the present climate. And uh, also here we have some... Uh, news from the Gardaí um, on the 5th of the 9th, 20 uh, criminal damage, jail road, Crescent, Kilkenny the front windscreen of a car was smashed shortly before 2am in the early hours of Saturday morning 
car, a black Volkswagen Passat, was parked in the driveway of a house in Jail Road, Crescent. The car was not entered and nothing was taken. If you have any information, please call the Guardian Kenny on 056 777 with any information. And also we have here criminal damage in Paul Gar and Kilkenny. Guardian Kilkenny responded to reports of a fire at a field. Two bales of hay were set on fire around 10pm on Saturday evening. The farmer extinguished the fire and the fire service were not required. Anyone again with information is asked to please contact the Guardian here in Kilkenny at 056 That's just a couple of announcements there. And um, many thanks to my guests today on the programme, uh, Anne O'Neill there, new um, offices down in uh, St. Kieran Street, a new auctioneer, state agent, Pat Crotty, forgive me, his update on the ever-changing uh, wet pub situation, and to Roisin Gilroy for providing some great information for uh, students who perhaps are thinking about continuing their education. And uh, the cost of third-level education is quite expensive. But interesting that, uh, that Roisin also mentioned about... Um, perhaps people purchasing cars now because again I suppose if you're going to Waterford IT, Carlow IT it's um, it's actually quite an easy way to um, get transport now because we've got a very very good road infrastructure which is great um, just looking at today's paper uh, well the Times um, and uh, one of the headlines that grabbed my attention here is quarantine for COVID infected may be cut so the NEFID are looking at maybe possibly changing the rule for 14 days down to 10 days so it's really an ever changing situation and um, lots of information also um, on next week programme in relation to lots of local news and stories. Uh, can I thank you for your time? Thanks to my guests and uh, stay tuned for some great programming here on your Community Radio Kilkenny City. I'll be talking again. Take care. We are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM.